As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Baseball Show on The Athletic Podcast Network. Baseball Hall of Famer Jason Stark. And then the robot said, strike. That's why you're going in the Hall of Fame. It's an inside the park home run. Doug Glanville. Mike Trout is coffee at Starbucks with a double latte skinny. Doug, are you ready to make some podcast magic? I am ready. Bring on the magic wand. Let's do it. <laughs> Good readings, and welcome to Starkville, now part of the Athletic Baseball Show, where you'll find great baseball talk all week long and all spring training long. And since we're about to have an actual spring training, let's hear it, everybody. Allow us to introduce ourselves and tell you what the heck we're doing here on a Friday. I'm Jason Stark. I write about baseball for the Athletic, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Writer, broadcaster, professor, Emmy winner, distinguished former major leaguer, one-time union warrior, Doug Landville. <laughs> uh, we normally bring you Starkville first thing every Tuesday morning, but we interrupt our usual schedule for <laughs> guess why. Doug, tell the people why we're here. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like uh, Walter Cronkite here, you know, breaking news. And uh, they, I know his Walter nickname is Cronkite. Yeah, I feel like, you know, the old Iron Pants. I found out his nickname. I was on, a, on an NPR show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And uh, yeah, I learned that his nickname was Iron Pants. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like I'm ready for this, the special edition of Starkville. All right, wait. Uh, yeah. Can I mention that you never did tell the people why we're here, though you did tell them Walter Cronkite's yeah. nickname, as <laughs> half of them are saying, who's Walter Cronkite? All right, here's why we're here, all right? We... Doug, we made it. We made it through the second longest work stoppage in baseball history. Uh, sadly, I was also around for the longest, and so were you. I think that gives us a window into what should come next. But let's start with the big news, the labor deal. It got yep. done on Thursday somehow. So, Doug, how would you describe your thoughts and your emotions? <laughs> Well, the one the one word answer is glacial. I, I think it's just, it's the it's the feeling of 
ice slowly melting on your kitchen floor. And you realize that it was there a minute ago and then it's gone. And then another piece of ice kind of replaced it. Uh, I'm thinking of my kids like using the ice machine in my house, I guess. So, I mean, I think it's also reflective of history. You can't get out of the way of your, you know, your own history. And sometimes that's a wonderful thing to acknowledge the people that came before and standing on the shoulders and, and the way that you try to look forward to respect what it had done before. However, it also is a huge hindrance in this relationship because the, the level of trust is always uh, fickle and changing and seemingly like a fungible asset. And I feel like the public knows this. They, they sense it. So there's always this anticipation of an implosion. It's just a, it, it starts off with that assumption. So even when they actually do get it done and we have 162 games to play, it still feels like a loss. Uh, it's a lot of Pyrrhic victories. And, I, you know, I'm hoping they find a way to sort of change that tone because it just it, it just creates a certain kind of toxicity around it. And it seems like that can be a driver even to things that may not even be true, right? It's just the way, it, the nature of it. So that's what I'm hopeful for, but I'm glad things are done. Uh, for the record, you know how you don't miss the ice that keeps appearing on your floor? Nobody's going to miss the lockout. You know, like it's been like it's been great following Evan Trellick on Twitter and reading it. Yes. Like Evan's amazing work. He's been a superstar. Uh, Evan, you've got to write the story. We all dream of writing on the labor beat. Lockout. Over. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> so that's the good news. Um, here's a thing we learned, Doug. Deadlines are not what they used to be. Right. <laughs> the owners set a deadline a week and a half ago. And they said, if the deal wasn't done by then, there was no way to play 162 games, right? So uh, they make a deal nine days and five deadlines later, and <laughs> guess how many games they're going to play? How about 162? <laughs> okay, right? So like, I'm happy about that. But yeah. um, this creates an interesting question in my mind. Uh, I've heard from so many fans in the last week who told me, that's it. <laughs> they are done with baseball. They're disgusted. They used to love it. They used to watch it. They used to buy tickets. Now they're out. So the fact that in the end, no games will be missed. So does that bring those people back? Does it make them reconsider? I'm honestly not sure. I'm curious, uh, as a man of the people, what you see. I would say it's. I would say it's hard to, when you love something. It's hard to let it go, you know. And I think people who love the sport and is so that many a whole note do, song. Uh, it should be. <laughs> if you love somebody, set them free. Free, yeah. free. What is that? Oh, Sting. Okay, yeah, I'm working on that. Uh, I don't want to get any licensing issues here. My my vocals, but um, yeah, I, I I feel like they. When you love it, I mean, we love the game, so we're gonna be patient with it, and we're gonna deal with it. And sometimes, the fact that you have. All right, one ever every six years you go through this like nail biting situation. It doesn't take away from David Freeze's home run in the World Series. You know, you just have such a connection to the game and all the magic that's happened. You, you know that there's an opportunity that once it is playing, you you might find it again. Just like yeah, the strike in '94 was horrific. Uh, Cal Ripken, you know, broke the record record '95. Is that right? '95. Yeah. So, you know, so with that, that changed so many things, right? So. You hold on to that magic. And yes, there are probably people who are on 
the bubble that might just be frustrated with the relationship between owners and players. And and to me, that's the cautionary tale of just they maybe want to think about litigating it less in the public sphere. And, and they did to a certain degree. There was, you know, kind of whether it was a gag order or whatever. But I still think there's a lot of this, like you said, these statements that may not be credible, like, oh, the deadline is today or, or you know, the all the state, the letters that you see the next day after a deal breaks off. And it's always some official letterhead from MLBPA or whatever, you know, just like, and someone has to establish, like, we did our best, you know. It, I don't think that helps. I really don't think it helps. I mean, I understand they're trying to put the record down and you want to say that, you know, it wasn't good faith because that is actually a legal uh, barrier, right? If you are not negotiating in good faith and you go to some, you know, labor review board or, we, and we've been in these situations and it's declared that you weren't negotiating in good faith uh, and not, not able to declare an impasse whatever it is, then you, you know, might, might be able to have intervention. So good faith actually has a, a legal component to it. So I do get the paper trail, but once again, it doesn't help the public perception and they, they almost need a whole PR scrub around their, their relationship. Like I'd like to see Tony Clark and Rob Manfred go on a retreat to Aruba together, golf, hang out. We, we, it's a, it's a reality show. Uh, you know, they make, you know, martinis or something. And, you know, I, you know they got to come up with something and it's just a bonding exercise. And uh, I, I don't know, they, they need to do something. I think they should invite Max Scherzer on that trip. <laughs> you know, and, and some people like him because like if, if Rob and Tony become buddies, that's wonderful. But what really needs to happen is Rob and the players need to have a better understanding of each other and a better partnership with each other as Ken Rosenthal wrote so eloquently in The Athletic uh, just last night. And, you know, as I think back on the people that I encountered after the strike of 1995, there was a lot of angry people, angry. And, you know, you don't don't want to reason, try to reason with people who feel like that. Because I get it. Like, I was pretty unhappy myself, man. I... Uh, I can't even tell you how down I was Wednesday night when it looked like this thing was going to unravel again. So I get it. I feel your pain. Um, what I would try to tell them, though, was, you know, if you if you like to watch it at some level, you know, if you if you like, you can be a still be a fan of the sport without being a fan of dysfunction. <laughs> Nobody's a yes. fan of dysfunction. Right. But you can be a fan of Otani. You can love watching Mike Trout. And if you do, if there's some part of you where you do, why would you deny yourself the pleasure part? You can mm-hmm. still you can still make your voice heard on the dysfunction part. So like if you're somebody who is on the fence or you're somebody who is out and for some reason you're listening to us now, why don't you let us know? Why don't you email us at Starkville at theathletic.com? Um, I, I'm sure we'll get some great emails. Maybe we'll read a few of them in our next show, because uh, this to me is a really interesting thing to watch. All right, let's. Great idea, Jay. Yeah, great idea. Yeah, let's do it, yeah. right? All right, let's look at yeah. what this deal means. I, I have a big piece in The Athletic as we speak, which looks at the highlights of this agreement and then delves into. How will it work? Will it work? Uh, we don't have to go through it all. It's a, it's a very long document. But let's talk about three of these things. 
things, okay? Because I find them fascinating. They're important. Yeah. First off, the players wanted to stop tanking and create more competitive balance, but did they succeed? Mm. Uh, they got a deal in which the tax threshold will go up $20 million this year, a historic jump. And the penalties for going over the thresholds remain the same. That's a long way from ownership's proposals for weeks. So that's a big win for players. But, Doug, here's the question. Does it help competitive balance? I'm not so sure. Curious what you think. Yeah, well, I, I want to say I was part of this time when it was introduced, right? this idea and of course, the allergic reaction was, is this, you know, a shadow cap, right? This idea of discouraging. And, you know, you look at the New York Mets and I know, I don't know, I saw in the article saying, you know, the Steve Cohen tax or whatever, like this concern, like they're going to blow through this and, and like you know, what that does to their, their chances and where this money goes and all these things. So, yes, the, the initial theory is that you had, and I remember these meetings, the Yankees, and the Royals were always one of these comparisons. And you have teams that, you know, have this this money and, and this local revenue in particular and this ability to surpass thresholds. But then the money might go to a team that the, the owner might actually have more money than the other owner, <laughs> the, the theoretically more wealthy team. And they may decide to put it on the field or not. So that's always the, the question, right? Is it going to be used in a certain way? And there's no mandate to say, all right, you have to spend X dollars, right? You have to, you know, and I know why they're, you know, I understand why that is. So it, it all is a, the commitment for all these organizations to say, you know, where they want to invest these taxes and and how, and once again, if they'll even surpass it, because they have the right to do that. And we're coming off of, you know, sort of off of a pandemic, I guess. And that 2020 was, you know, you know, a lot of loss in revenue. And so there's questions on how quickly they'll jump and what they're going to do. And I think free agency will tell us a lot about that. Yeah, I, I, we probably should explain this, the Steve Cohen tax thing for people who were not following it that closely. Um, the way the tax used to work in the past where there were three thresholds, uh, just to give you an example of where it'll be this year. Uh, okay, the first threshold, if you go over $230 million, you pay a tax. Then the next threshold is $20 million above that. Two, if you have a $250 million payroll, the penalties get steeper. The third threshold is a $270 million. And then there's the brand new threshold of $290 million <laughs> that we're all joking will be the Steve Cohen tax. And so I was, you know, it's still a little unclear what that means, but I was asking one of the people uh, involved in this uh, yesterday, all right, what happens if Steve Cohen actually goes over the Steve Cohen <laughs> And he That's said, cancelage. oh my God, he said, all right, there are, like, you lose picks, you lose a, a, an incredible amount of international signing cap money, uh, the tax rate is ridiculous, and uh, you also have to go to your room immediately after dinner. <laughs> So watch out, because Steve Cohen will be in his room unless he gets with the program. <laughs> right. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply.
next thing. Uh, the part of this deal that is designed to attack tanking is draft lottery. Never existed in our sport before. So there's going to be a 16 draft lottery every year. Uh, but there are limits on how often you can hold a lottery pick. If you're a big market team, meaning you're paying into the revenue sharing pot, you only get to be a lottery team one year in a row. Then if you still stink the next year, you get bumped back to the 10th pick. If you're a small market team, meaning you're accepting revenue sharing money from that pot, uh, you can only have a lottery pick two years in a row. Then you get bumped back to number 10 the next year. So like the, uh, the Astros who once picked first three years in a row, yeah. uh, top two, four years in a row, that can't happen anymore. Doug, tanking solved, uh, or, or is it? Yeah, uh, your thoughts. Uh, step in the right direction. You know, and and I, I had a chance to interview Kevin Weeks, Ruben Amaro Jr., just talking about different sports. Hockey had an interesting approach, and I know they've already been implementing. And now their their draft system does change like annually, so it's a little crazy. However, they, they've always been mindful of the tanking factor. And, and they've same kind of concept, right? You're not allowed to you know, get this number one pick, you know, 10 years in a row. So, um, so there's no doubt that that, I think that's a step in the right direction. And when you think about these negotiations, which is why sometimes they fight tooth and nail is it's precedent. And precedent is always uh, a victory in some ways when you can move it in your direction. And it's a concern when it moves against you. And but I think universally, everybody wants to avoid the idea of intentional losing or not putting your best product on the field or whatever, having the best team. So you want to at least start to encourage that uh, or discourage that idea. So, so yes, I, I do think the draft is a big part of it because you, you're going to build your team through development. You're going to build your team through the draft. You're going to build your team through free agency, and and the draft has become such a. It's so clear what the number one pick means. I mean, it's really a difference maker as Houston can attest to and others. So uh, I, I do think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, it's a start. It doesn't solve tanking. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I asked uh, executives who've been associated with teams of every market size, do, do, do teams tank to get the top pick or the top couple mm -hmm. of picks? And every one of them said no. And, this, and one, of, one of the guys I talked to was a team that we often accuse of tanking, right? Uh, and he said, no, it's not why anybody does it. Does it. It's complicated. Uh, if you really want to stop tanking, I still think, we've talked about this on the show, there should be a reverse luxury tax. If your payroll is under a certain threshold, the penalties are similar to if you, if you go over. That would create spending and that would fight tanking. The draft alone doesn't do it. But I also studied the draft after the, for the, this piece I wrote on, on what the deal means. And it's interesting. The, I looked at the drafts from 2010 through 2018. And you know what the difference was in total wins above replacement between the first pick and the 10th pick? Meaning for those teams that get bounced out of the lottery because they keep trying to go back year after year. It was 110 wins worth of value. 110. Mm, That's wow. big, man. So. Huge. Uh, it, it, it's telling us that this will have an impact. It just won't stop tanking. Uh, all right, one more, Doug. Expanded playoffs. Uh, the playoff field goes from 10 teams to 12. The owners won at 14. Players thought that was too many. So at 12, one additional wild card in each league. 
But that's really not the only thing that changes. Um, let me explain the system. Uh, we used to have a wild card game, one game. Start the postseason with a game seven. Now that changes. So the teams with the two best records in each league get a bye. Then the other division winner and the best of the three wildcard teams, in other words, the equivalent of the Dodgers last year, would host all three games of a best of three series against the remaining two wildcard teams. Did I explain that right? So instead of two games in the wildcard round, now we could get as many as 12. Uh, people should also know that the three wild cards are the teams with the three best records among teams that don't win their division. So it is possible you could get four teams from one division making the playoffs. Doug, how do you like this? <laughs> well, I know that I, I definitely had a very allergic reaction to teams getting in the postseason with an under 500 record. I just, I, I can't accept it. And uh, Milwaukee and Houston, and you know, love Craig Council, love Dusty Baker, and they 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 did well. But I, I think, yeah, two years ago, yes. So, so you think about 162 games, which is what we kind of realized was such an important thing to keep right in this negotiation. That is a monumental marathon, and if you're at the end, you you should have some protection for the fact that you won the division, the fact that you got in the postseason. I just think it's, you know, when you lose more than you win in a long season like that, I, I just, so I don't think it's likely with 12 teams. I don't know what the math says, but I, I know. I did the math. You want to, you want to know yes. what the math said? What uh, is it? All say? right, since, uh, since 2013, which is yes. when we first introduced the wild card game, the wild card round, uh, we've had eight full seasons. So we're not going to count the 60-game season. There only would have been one time when a team with a losing record would have made the playoffs. That was 2017, uh, 80 and 82. Mm. Uh, so it's not terrible. But yeah. here's the best part. The average number of wins for that extra wildcard team in that period was 87. Yeah. So yeah. it's really – it's still – baseball is still the hardest playoffs to reach in any of the four professional sports, major professional yeah. sports. And my career tells you that very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't need to review that right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's. Um, I mean, I like the idea. I, I enjoyed the wild card series. I did, I, and I, I had a lot of trouble with the one game sudden death. Although I understand why television wise and the the business side, but I just it it feels so different than what the season is. I mean, you have teams are built around the long haul and, and that one game sudden death sort of contrived situation just I, I, I struggled with. And so I do like the idea as a series and it gives you a chance. And if you're the, and you said all, all the home games will be at that. that uh, yeah. Right. There's a possibility you can make right. the playoffs and not play a home game. Not yes, one. exactly. So I like it. I like the deck should be stacked. If you're 80 and 82, it should be stacked against you. I, I, that's, that's a, uh, it's not just like getting over the finish line, you know. So, um, so yeah, I do. I, I, I like to, I like twelve certainly better than fourteen. That's for sure. So I was glad that they settled on that. Yeah, and it'll be fun to watch. I will say that. <laughs> uh, you know, four games a day for a few days there in October. Sign me up for that. I will watch. <laughs> All right. One more thing I wanted to mention. Uh, in order to fit those games into October, and not uh, have to eat Thanksgiving dinner during the World Series. Uh, there's a thing that hits the dust that people seem to, to get 
really worked up about when I tweeted this on Thursday. You know those famous game 163 tiebreaker games? Yeah. Uh, they're gone. Uh, there will never be another Bucky Dent, Doug. Uh, they're going to use like an NFL-type tiebreaker formula. So yes. are you saddened by that? A lot of people I heard from were very saddened, and I didn't even hear from Bucky Dent himself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's – Yes, and it, because I were, I was there for that. What was it 2013? Was that the year that Longoria and the Yankees and the Red Sox no, got that was knocked 2011. out? 2011. Oh my gosh! I'm well, we could myself. have a night like that. Gonna, yeah, the season's going to end in a in the middle of the week in prime time this year. Yeah, so that that I loved. It was a lot of fun. I called the Astros Cardinals game. I think Carpenter pitched, if that's right, and. They, um, you know, he was dominant, and that was it. And they just were waiting, and the Phillies and the Braves. I mean, some so many great games. So that I did appreciate, and I would I would miss that. I miss that that moment. I like I said, it's, to me that's different than sudden death wild card game, the one sixty three, the, the sort of tiebreaker. So yeah, turning it into an equation and algorithms, I don't know. It's not it's it's not fun, especially with baseball. There's so many teams that probably are going to be really close. And it's like, oh, you play it on a Wednesday, but you play above the Mason-Dixon line. And because of, you know, and then you get into all these formulas and you're like, you're getting farther and farther away from baseball, actually deciding. Uh, so is there a coin toss? Can you have a coin toss? It might actually, could it come down to that? That would be interesting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was not one of the criteria. But I, I'll reread the small print, okay. <laughs> are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever. And that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. One more great product from LinkedIn. You're there to network. You're there to look for jobs. You're there to post jobs. And how about LinkedIn Sales Navigator? It's a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date, first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash baseball show. That is linkedin.com slash baseball show for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash baseball show and get started. All right, let, let, finally, one more thing. Let's look ahead. Uh, a few weeks ago, Ken Rosenthal and I wrote a piece big piece about what happens next, <laughs> namely the wildest spring training ever. Uh, and then we have four weeks to opening day. In those four weeks, I mean, maybe even the next few days, we're looking at 100, 200, maybe 300 free agents signing. And I, it's possible we could have a half dozen major trades. I totally want to see somebody get traded in the middle of a cutoff and relay drill. Let's make that happen, please. Uh, arbitration filings, but then cases during the season. Uh, visa problems are going to bust out everywhere because guys just learned last night this thing was over. Uh, you'll see extension talks for players like Aaron Judge, maybe Otani, uh, maybe Juan Soto. Doug, of all that stuff, um, we should talk about what we're watching for. I will tell you the first thing I'm watching. Freddie Freeman, man. 
Mm. Does he stay in Atlanta? Like, I'm honestly not so sure he does at this point. Like, you would have thought Freddie Freeman would have signed with the Braves last spring or last summer or last fall, right after the World Series or uh, right before the lockout kicked in. Did he sign? If he did, I missed it. (laughs) And every day he did not sign told me he's less likely to sign there. So that's what I've got my eye on first and foremost. What to you is going to be the highlight of this wild spring? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, it's going to be a hamster stampede. And uh, I think there's a picture on Twitter for that. It's going to be a hamster stampede. I mean, madness, just running everywhere. Nobody knows what's going on. Uh, I can't imagine. And it's uh, and and look if you're if you're sort of not the whatever top echelon free agent but you're good players like you know Michael Conforto's or someone I, I think it's gonna be tough I think it's gonna be tough because there's gonna be a lot of pressure to sign quickly and and even if you do get a better deal it, are you gonna be you know the day before the season starts and and you know Craig Kimbrell that was he, he struggled uh, you know missing that much time so I'm kind of watching that closely I, I think it. It could be appropriate to rename the baseball with Otani's name in it. Maybe have his face on the ball. I kind of feel like that would be, you know, you say you're the face of the game. Put his face on the baseball. You know that. Let's just be literal. Just throw it right on there, and uh, I think that would be like next level. So, marketing team got to get on that. I'm very excited also about Jackie Robinson Day because it's closer to opening day. So April 15th, it's the 75th anniversary. And uh, yeah, that's that's exciting to me because, yeah, it's hard to believe 75 years ago wow. that he broke in. So, yeah, I mean, and, and I, I thought it would have been tragic if they missed enough games to miss that day. I think that just would have been horrific. I had a column probably waiting for that one. So, yeah. but um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited, even though I see snow on the ground outside of my house here. Uh, and, you know, I, we had we had a skunk problem. So I had to, you know, get the skunks out of here. Uh, all that is uh, part of of life when you're away from the game and in the snow. But now, baseball is on. Yeah, it's on. I'm in Florida. I, when we did our show a few days ago, I was telling you, I'm I'm in Florida. I'm covering something that looks a little like spring training. I don't think that's what it was. <laughs> but now it's on. And I can't wait to get going because there, there's going to be so much stuff to follow. I mean, I know I've only got a few weeks, but I I could drive 3,000 miles. That's the (laughs) over-under. I could end up in uh, San Diego. We'll see. (laughs) All right. That's going to do it for this emergency labor deal edition of Starkville. Uh, We will be bringing you podcast magic just like this all spring long on the Athletic Baseball Show, which is available in its entirety absolutely free everywhere you get your podcasts and you know if you'd like to read the thing we do best in the athletic the incredible writing uh you can go to the athletic.com slash baseball show and if you're a new subscriber you can still subscribe for one dollar a month for six months what a deal doug so doug thanks for playing thanks to the mayor of starkville tim mcmaster for producing us and putting up with us Thanks to the labor negotiators for allowing us to escape lockout land. Won't miss it. And thanks to you all for listening. Doug and I will see you soon on Starkville.